Welcome to episode five of the AFK Dev podcast, where we talk about all things related to software development that happen away from the keyboard, things that are necessarily or not necessarily technical in nature. My name is James, and I am joined by my co-host, Sam. How are you doing, Sam? I am doing good. How are you, James? I am doing okay. Have you heard of Meta's potential Twitter competitor that is potentially in the works? No, I actually haven't. This is my first time actually hearing about this, and uh, sounds interesting. What what do you what do you know about this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's all kind of like rumors, maybe so far, like nothing is really set in stone. It's like leaked internal documents and all that. But basically, they want to make something that's kind of like Twitter, I think, based off of Instagram, and they maybe want to do it with Activ act- sorry Activity Pub, which is if you're not familiar, this is like Mastodon, like the Fediverse, like decentralized social networks, which has been, I mean, it's all like rumors right now, but it's one of those things where it's like, hey, there's like this decentralized network that a lot of people like, but not a lot of those people really are super big fans of meta coming in and trying to take a slice of that pie, even though we don't necessarily know in what capacity they want to get involved. So I heard of Mastodon, basically, when Twitter was like, going through the uh, Elon Musk, like, sh- in the shambles, like, saga, people were like, ah, screw this, I'm going to Mastodon. That's, like, where I kind of heard about it. And I heard something about, like, you have to, like, host your own server or something like that. Is that is that how it works? Or Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really interesting. It's super community-driven. Everyone, not everyone, people in the community host their own servers, and a server can have, like, hundreds of thousands of people, or it can have one. And then they basically just talk to each other. So if you follow someone on a different server, every time they make a post, that server will forward that message to the server that you're on. And there's, you know, if you can imagine you're following 100 people and they're on 100 different servers, then there's all these messages flying all over the place. And the idea is that no one can really own this network because it is decentralized and there's admin controls. And, you know, and if a bad actor like did show up, uh, the admins of a server could say like, hey, we don't want to federate with this server anymore. So we don't want to hear posts from you. So for example, if Meta showed up, everyone could be like, hey, well, we don't want to federate with Meta. But it's kind of interesting because maybe like one of the biggest servers is Meta. And it's like, do they really think that everyone would be okay with federating with them? Or are they going to try to take a different stance? Like maybe they want to make a different client. Like I'm not really sure what their play is. And we don't really know either other than that a few uh, Mastodon admins are under NDA and they are going to talk to Meta about something. But it's all hearsay at this point. We don't really know. Oh, I see. So this is actually like Meta like kind of diving in with Mastodon? Or yeah, well, build- well, yeah. If it's based on Activity Pub, that's the same. It'll be within that same network in some capacity, which is pretty interesting. It's kind of like maybe they've seen Mastodon's success and they want to get involved in some way. Dude, I won't be. I won't be surprised. I mean, what Meta did with like Instagram, like Instagram is just like untouchable at this point. It basically like crushed, in my opinion, Snapchat. Because remember when like Snapchat was like big i know people still use it but it was like whoa you can make these like you know stories and like whatever and instagram's like oh yeah we'll do that too and then that then everybody starts using instagram and then yeah i don't know do you think instagram is untouchable i i honestly think instagram is untouchable because it uh plays like a fantasy kind of dream for 
your common user, like, cause all these celebrities use Instagram and, you know, everybody knows about like Kylie Jenner making like, I don't know how many thousand dollars per post or like close to like a million per post or like ads. And, you know, everyone likes to dream like, Hey, yo, like I want to be famous one day and like have like make ad revenue that are like in the tens of hundreds of thousands or whatever it, it could be. Um, so that's why I think it's untouchable just because you can kind of live that dream or potentially live that dream. Would you say the same about Twitter or Reddit? For I like for Twitter, I think it's a lot harder. Like, I don't know how people would monetize on Twitter as much as Instagram. Like if you're Nike, you're not really being like, let's go find some Twitter users to pay for advertisements. Let's usually the social influencer, are, in my opinion, through um instagram and then probably next probably up there as well is tiktok because tiktok is like yeah. flying through the roof in terms of uh like influencer quote unquote i don't yeah. know why i need to quote that but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it has been interesting i i more ask because i'm thinking of twitter how they've you know historically they monetized their api and made you know big changes and some users left and then reddit has recently done something similar I, i'm not sure if you're familiar sam but reddit recently said they're going to be charging for their third-party api or sorry for their api effectively killing third-party bots because the the or not third-party bots third-party apps because the cost is just so astronomical and it's one of those things where people might say reddit is too big to fail but they have been having some like pretty big issues with you know dealing with like moderators and users because all this content is really user generated and they're trying to monetize it so if the users get mad like you know it's a whole mess. The thing is, like, if you there, there's a space for like, you know, the Twitter world, like, I feel like people have been saying like Twitter has been dying for like the last like 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> when it started. Right? Yeah, basically. But like things for like uh, news, like I remember, like locally, there was like a fire happening in some like, close to where I lived. I was like, I want some updates. I want to see some photos. Like, I just went to Twitter and just like searched it. And it was like the most instantaneous, like kind of results, I would say. First, and also Reddit as well, just because of like subreddits. Um, those were like the th ones that I like. I don't know how I would even find that on Instagram, but yeah. Then again, I'm, I'm not yeah, an Instagram really like power user. Yeah, I'm not an Instagram power user, so I wouldn't know. But anyways, uh, I think that's interesting. I think uh, probably should buy some shares of Meta. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't see it going well, but you don't? I don't know. Okay, Meta's kind of. I think it's just the people that are on the fediverse are the kind of people that really hate meta <laughs> right that's that's more where I'm, but so i can't see it going super well let's say that it doesn't go the, the talk doesn't go well but like they just decide to make their version of twitter yeah i know right because it, like, could, it could very easily happen yeah because like think about how like uh facebook like kind of pivoted to like messenger like messenger is what and the marketplace is what facebook is now it yeah. that that's that's not was its main purpose but now if it pivots again to like more of a news outlet like tweet tweeter twit twitter kind of thing nice uh yeah <laughs> um i saved myself there uh twitter kind of thing like i i don't know i i could see it i mean they have the user's volume for it so only time will tell mm -hmm. should we jump into our first topic yeah let's do it uh i can read it uh how this is i don't think this is from anyone this might have just been one that we came up with and that is the topic of how do you handle conflict during PR reviews? PR being pull request, that could also be a merge request or whatever you want to call it. Basically, the, the process of 
reviewing code with your team over some asynchronous communication tool and conflict and how do you deal with that because it seems to happen pretty often i have i have a very like passive ish personality in terms of pr so i just like succumb to it and just make the changes <laughs> yeah i i, I think i'm kind of like the opposite where i can get you know a little more like feisty in those situations because i don't know i i, I think sometimes it is definitely kind of like a, hey i don't like you in here all up in my business I, you know other times it's okay like yeah that is actually like the right thing to do but like uh, have you seen these types of conflicts arise not even necessarily with yourself just with people around you um there's one i remember that uh <laughs> uh back uh when we were writing in like uh ruby and you know how ruby you can write like the uh, unless it's like if like if conditional oh, yeah. but you're right oh, yeah. unless yep. which is like the opposite so like think about like yeah it's an if statement but it's like the reverse of it so it's, it's like an un unless statement and i remember i got a pr review and somebody put a comment to switch this to an if statement because reading unless is uh like too much of a cognitive load right and i i, I don't know i showed this uh, I think my maybe my team leader or somebody who looked at it, they're like, ah, don't worry about it. You don't have to change it, whatever. But I was like, uh, I'm going to change it anyways, because <laughs> it's such a like minute thing to, for me. Like it'll take me like, you know, 30 seconds to change and like whatever, like, but stuff like that, I would never like ask somebody to change that. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, uh, there's no uh, danger in that code, right? Um, so nitpicking things like that, I usually just let it slide. How about you? <laughs> That's like one example that I could thought of that was just like, I probably could have just stand my ground and be like, no. <laughs> That's funny. I'm almost at the point now where when someone leaves a comment like that, where there's just like, it's to me, the, to me, that's a non comment. It, it adds, you know, it's just a time waster. And I often won't even respond to them. <laughs> I will, I'll just straight up ignore them. <laughs> you just click resolve. <laughs> it's, I, I I maybe won't do that, but I might just leave it. And I the reason I'll sometimes do that is because I feel like if I respond to it and give it the time of day, I'm encouraging them to do it again next time and waste even more time. Do you okay? So in terms of like these like nitpicky like things that generally what I feel like you and I don't think matter. Does your team have a um, code guideline, like um, things like? I, I've seen ones where like, oh, you know, make variables like descriptive or whatever. Um, don't use for loops, use maps and filters when you can. Um, don't put it. Well, don't put any like double for loops if possible and whatever. You need to comment it if you need to <laughs> or something like that. Um, do you have a like a code guideline? Uh, no, I've never actually used anything like that. Usually it's just like an auto formatter tool and whatever code guidelines come into place are kind of more just like whatever people agree with. But like that is actually often a very good response where it's like, hey, like you leave a comment that is in that realm of things, you know, <laughs> a pretty cheeky answer is like, hey, that's great. How about you write a style guide and throw that in there? Then we can all adhere to it, which <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, like, hey, it's a nice way of saying like, you're wasting our time if you actually think it's important like you know put some effort in on your part rather than just being like you know sitting back and being like hmm how can i just find something to say on this pr because i think some people do go in with that mindset they don't want to just hit approve there's got to be something in there i've got to leave my mark on this somehow yeah and 
I think uh, I'm also in that boat sometimes because I'm just like, oh, uh, if I just here's my like 20th PR that I'm reviewing in a row without a comment, like I'm I'm afraid that like somebody else would be like, oh, Sam is just like auto approving like PRs. Yeah. But one thing that I actually started to do and I think works well. So like, you know, to help me, I guess, feel better is I would leave positive comments. So I would like select a code and be like, hey, like, I really like how you did this here. And like, this is really cool. Oh, this is clever stuff. Like, you know, whatever, just to like, you know, I think that helps me more more than anybody just in terms of like, feel good about like, leaving something on a PR, right? It doesn't have to be negative, right? Yeah, you can pad your stats without being a dick. I hear you. I do know what you mean, though. It is like yeah. there are, you know, if if there's a series of reviews that come in from a person and they're always approvals with never any real actual feedback, I feel like those reviews do kind of become more like low value reviews. It's maybe like there is like a line for sure. It's like, yeah, you don't want to be providing noisy feedback, but you don't want to gloss everything over either because, you know, maybe when a PR comes through and it is actually potentially pretty impactful. And if you're just, you know, rubber stamping this thing that's not amazing either because you know like you'll become known as the person who just leaves reviews for the sake of reviews and people might not give your review very much weight which kind of sucks for you that's that's true i think also like these days my reviews aren't very um concerned more about like code structure because like i have good like faith in terms of um my team uh i don't know writing acceptable code it's more of some i'm just looking for dangers in terms of uh what if this errors in this state or like you know things that might you know someone might miss with like some api documentations and stuff like that so like that's usually my what i look for other than that like i'm gonna trust like the tests are like you know what i'm reading the test like it's it's working and it's passing you know yeah i've definitely been the opposite historically i think now i'm similar to you where it's like yeah i was like hey i trust this person i trust that what they wrote is correct i'll give it a quick sanity check does this all seem reasonable is there anything that's gonna bite us in the butt kind of thing but like historically when i was maybe a year or two experience i would pull up a pr and i would think let's see like how can i light this person up (laughs) (laughs) not like actually but it was like i would open it up and like i wouldn't think of hey is this good enough I would open it up with the mindset of like, what are all the things I can suggest to make this better? Which is, you know, and that's where you can lead to conflict because on my end, I'm thinking like, hey, like I've got so many good pieces of advice for you. This person is going to love it. But then the code author or the PR author is going to say like, okay, James just left me like 30 comments. This is pretty annoying. And then even more annoying if I come back and do another round of them all unrelated that's that i that grinds my gears so much uh but like you know it's it doesn't feel good to get all those things but like i thought i was being well-intentioned but the reviewer or sorry the author they're getting upset and this really just comes down to really i think conflict at its core in almost every case as a software developer comes from misaligned values everyone wants to do something good but it's when your values don't line up. That's when there can be those clashes. Right. I feel like I, I know what, what you mean, having that mentality that you want to like light this person up. And <laughs> like I could see some PR comments being like, 
taking selecting 10 lines of code and be like, hey, you can write this in three lines like this. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like stuff like that. Um, and uh, I, I remember I sometimes I would get those and it would be like, hey, you don't have to change it. But you can you can write this in three lines, and I'm like, well, I'm gonna change it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. For sure. But would you? I, I would still say like those kind of PRs, even though it might be really mean, is really beneficial for depending on your experience level. Like if you're still new to programming and stuff, knowing oh, yeah, that I, you can... I still light those people up. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, like it's it's beneficial for for them. It's more of a getting past that mental like uh, point where, like you said, getting lit up with like thirty comments is really demoralizing, right? Yeah. Like especially when you're new, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's necessary too. Is the hard part. Like yeah. you can have thirty comments, and like they all really do need to be addressed, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Although usually I feel like I try to start with like what is the biggest overarching problem here and try to sum it up into like one bigger comment. Cause I feel like that's maybe like a little easier to stomach sometimes rather than a bunch of like, you know, tiny little pinpricks, just one like big knife wound. Right. Wanna... <laughs> like, like um, when, when somebody obviously didn't use like a linter and like your GitHub doesn't have like a hook for like a linter, yeah. but we've just been like, you know, everyone uses like, you know, ES lint, whatever. And then it's like, like you know 30 comments of the same linting kind of thing it's just like hey just like just put a general comment like hey can you run this through a linter and just uh reping me on a on a pr right yeah that's <laughs> that doesn't feel good or just like a, a fundamental decision that was made like earlier on in the code that kind of has impacted everything else rather like i'll, I'll tr those are like harder to identify but if you can identify those like that often feels better too when you can say like hey like i think this like core decision we made is causing us a lot of pain and not point out everywhere it's causing pain just like you know point out like point out a couple rather than just leaving you know you don't need to be comprehensive in everything that's gone wrong in those situations you just kind of need to try to right the ship so to speak do you like are you really conscious in terms of like um when you write prs of uh the emotional value to your like text do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know how yeah, like, yeah. people say, yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, I feel like sometimes when you're, like, a senior writing to, like, a junior's PR being like, hey, like, you didn't do this right. Or, like, you know, fix this, fix that. Like, it just yeah. seems like it's, like, whatever. But really, you, you, it's just because you're just, like, you know, that's how you write, right? Like, that's... You, that's you've got other stuff to do. You yeah, get exactly. in and get out. <laughs> but, like, I'm a person that I kind of try to be aware of that. So I'm just like, hey, you know, everything's looking good so far with like a thumbs up emoji, right? Yeah. But you should consider doing this or like these are some changes that are like, hey, um, things are looking good. Just a mi it's like a few minor fixes. 30 comments. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like, is that something that that you do? Like uh, put a little nice comment in the, in the beginning just to kind of, you know, lighten the... Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll try to, you know, say something nice. And then I'll often try to use like the, oh, like, oh, like we could do this instead, you know, like trying to make it sound like we both made the prop, like the decision, even though like it was really them. But, you know, just saying we to make it sound like it's, you know, a little more friendly. And one of the reasons I do that is because I feel like I am the kind of person who has historically, re re you know, received comments of being like, oh, man, what a 
what a jerk, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I think I'm just like more sensitive to that in general. So I try to not do that. You know, I try to be, you know, flowery to an extent, although I feel like being like too flowery can almost seem kind of patronizing. So I try to stay away from that as well. Yeah, I definitely try to do the flowery thing. I just, uh, I, I, I think it's in my opinion, for me, it's like better to be in the extreme of flowery versus the extreme the other way, right? Yeah, and especially over like text too. Text is like really easy to misinterpret things. It's just oh god, you know. it's like yeah, <laughs> text texting is really bad. And the thing is that like, I'm I'm really bad at phone like phone calls, I guess, or like talking over the phone. So yeah, I'm I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyways, texting is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to misinterpret things. Yeah, I feel like we covered almost everything except for the final one, which is like senior versus senior, like headbutting <laughs> where, oh gosh, yeah, like it's just endless because it, let's, I don't, I don't really have a situation that I know of where one would push back versus the other. And like, perhaps there is no wrong or right answer. I think at some point it's like, you need to agree to disagree and you can say like, Hey, like, I know you think this is right. You're welcome to try it. I have some concerns here and there, but this is something in you. You can like agree on a plan for like, how would you walk back on this if it didn't work out? I, I think like if there is always like an escape hatch, like that's a decent place to be. But it's also one of those things where like, yeah, like you can't always get your way for everything. And this is where like, you know, arguing your point comes into play, which is a whole nother skill in itself. I mean, it's one of those things where like, you don't want to be the person that always is arguing things because you want to save that capital up for when something does really matter and you want to be able to put your foot down to stop it in its tracks. I, f I feel like uh, for me, if that was my situation, my concern wouldn't be being more of right, but more of like, how do I get a chunk of this work that I did in that is good? Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because like, I guess I don't have that problem. My work is all good. <laughs> no, but like, you know, if if there's something that they want to change, right? And you're like, all right, then I would have to rewrite like a whole bunch of things. And like, it would just make the whole PR just a mess. Um, I think a good route is like the escape hatch route, which is like, okay, well, let me redo these commits. But let, let me like in a new PR, essentially, let me drop these commits and put in a new PR. And whatever you think is good in this part, let's put it in. And then, you know, try to like scope scope down the quote-unquote problems right that some people might have yeah and i'm the kind of person that like hates conceding like that because like i don't want all this code in the code base that i originally you know didn't really want but at the same time it's like if yeah you, you can't win everything and a lot of times it is like is this really a big deal to merge this code like yeah no it's it's really not it's it's just you know you getting up in your ego and wanting to be right for, for me at least i've definitely been in that situation yeah but you know, I haven't really been in a situation, like, I don't think there's any PR headbutting that would go so far, because if there is, then there's, like, some bigger underlying problem. Like, I don't know. It's because you're so nice. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so nice. I'm not as nice as you, at least. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, like, all scales, all the spectrum of uh, PR review conflicts, I feel like. What do you think? Yeah, we have covered every facet of PR review. And we can never talk about it again now. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's jump into our second question, which is pretty hot. Um, everyone's talking about it. Uh, even like 
mainstream people, civilians, non-programmers. Civilians. <laughs> are talking about it, but it's, will AI replace us with ChatGPT coming out, everyone seeing that open AI? Yeah, just a general question. Will AI replace us, James? Before we get too into that, do you okay. use any AI tools in your day-to-day? Like, Do you use ChatGPT or GitHub Copilot or any other adjacent products? So I do use ChatGPT, but I use ChatGPT not for work, though. Okay. <laughs> um, I have ac- access to Copilot, and uh, all of my coworkers use Copilot. All of them. Except you. Except me. Um, and I have, said have I will. Have you tried it though? I haven't tried it. Okay. I've seen, I've seen it working when I was like, you know, working with like pair programming and stuff. And it is pretty cool. Like it would save a lot of like repeating myself typing some stuff, I would say. I think it's kind of cool. Like uh, uh, one of my coworkers was showing me, um, they're, you know, writing something. They're like, oh, I need to make this into like a, like into batch jobs essentially, right? I just wrote a comment, uh, make this into a batch job and just <laughs> wrote it <laughs> and I wrote it so well. And I was like, well, that's pretty good because realistically, like, I know how to write like a batch job, but I'm going to go find a reference for it. Right. 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 And then just like, you know, figure it out and then write it in. It'll probably take me, uh, well, minutes versus just seconds of yeah. it being done. Right. So I see that helping out massively with Copilot. Yeah, I still haven't used Copilot and I have used ChatGPT like a little bit, but I don't rely on any of these tools in my day to day yet. I'm not sure if I'm missing out by not using them. I I think I'm just like not the kind of person to like buy into hype in general. Like, yeah, I know these tools are really powerful. I guess I mostly, I don't know, maybe I just like haven't felt like the pain points in my day to day. Maybe I just haven't been exposed to them enough. But I think like, yeah, they are really useful tools. And I think they will definitely change the way that we develop software, or at least like we'll cut out a lot of those more unpleasant tasks, the more busy work. It's it basically like I feel like they like raise the level of abstraction of how we build software, which which has been done before, you know, you think of a high level programming language, you know, you think of Google, all, all of these things are kind of raising that level of, of abstraction. And I feel like we're maybe just going one level higher. But I feel like at some point, you're always going to need some level of human creativity to build software. I think the question is, like, is that going to be a technical person or not? Right. No, I, I agree. I think, like, uh, for example, like your example of the high, uh, higher level of like coding and stuff like that, I think it's true because like, let's say, I think very quickly, very shortly, let's say we want to write um, some React app in some like, and we want some admin dashboard hooked up to like Postgres or whatever. There's there's a few steps you would have to do, right? Like you'd probably go through some guidelines, pick your stack and like whatever. We're going to be shortly in a point where we're going to have some layer on top of that and be like, hey, I need a React app with a dashboard that looks like this, Postgres. And with this backend, start and will give us such a good base layer to start right, right, right from the beginning. And that would save, like, I would say a good week of work, right? And yeah. bring us like it to a like an upper level. Um, 
there's still going to be the use for our our work, right? For software engineers. My fear is like actually people starting out the like lack of trying to figure things out because you know, right now new software engineers and ourselves like we heavily rely on Stack Overflow to solve problems. Somebody must have seen this problem, you look at it, but also it's not everything that you're facing, right? And you got to kind of dig in and try to like, you know, resolve things. And from what I understand, ChatGPT is really good at like understanding certain problems. Like you yeah. can copy paste code and be like, what's wrong with this? And I think it can like basically try to tell you what's wrong with it, right? Yeah, the tools are really good at helping you out with those solved problems, things that have been done before. Like you think your example of like a React app with Postgres, like that's a solved problem, like that's been done thousands of times before. So just having a tool to do that work for you is going to be super handy. And yeah, like on the new developer side, like that is, I think, going to be a bit of a tricky situation because I think there's going to be like, you know, a couple groups for how AI kind of affects you. For an experienced engineer, it might be more of, hey, you're, you know, your job is shifting. You're doing less busy work you're doing more actual creative thinking which is you know ideally those are what you're focusing on anyway so any tools that can help you do that more readily are great but if you think of someone just trying to break into the industry you know there might not be as much demand for people to do those you know junior level tasks which often are maybe more along the lines of of busy work you know what do you think about that sorry what <laughs> what's your their question there sorry i threw that at you kind of quick like yeah like yeah. as like a as a new developer do you think you'll have a harder time breaking into the industry because potentially a lot of those like stereotypical new developer tasks like standing up a react app with a postgres database you know you know you don't need a junior dev to do that anymore you can have your ai tool do that for you yeah no that is true and i almost even think that like where junior devs kind of have uh not a leg up but like a lot of startups where juniors want to kind of start like there is like you said a lot of the busy work and stuff honestly like with how quickly people are adapting with like ai and like almost like a devops person can like do the stuff you know mm -hmm. and all that low level stuff and then you hire like someone with more experienced senior to like you know do more complicated custom stuff and you're right, like, I actually don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know, like, how how would you position yourself as a junior without much experience trying to make your way? I mean, it, it could also be like a non-issue. It could be one of those things that is like totally overblown. And, you know, AI won't have as much of an impact as, you know, like, I don't know, but like when I was not a developer when Google came out by a long shot. But, you know, it's it's kind of like a similar situation where is it kind of, are things just overblown? Are we thinking that like, AI is going to be like the dev killer or, you know, something like that. Whereas like really it's just going to be like another incremental step for just building software more efficiently. Or is it going to be this whole thing where it's like, hey, like we don't need all those re these resources anymore. You're all out of a job. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like the whole like everyone loves a doom and not everyone loves doom and gloom, but everyone loves to reiter reiterate and, you know, talk about the doom and gloom situations. Yeah. And like another thing that we also have to mention about AI is that it hallucinates quite often. 
Yeah. So it just basically makes up answers. I don't know if you saw that in the news with that lawyer using a fake case study. He used ChatGPT to write like, <laughs> oh, a thing. Man. And they're like, and just completely made up a fake case. And they're like, this case never existed and stuff. And he just didn't know that you had to like verify the oh, information that ChatGPT is throwing at you. So I have heard yeah. situations where basically doing take home interviews is more or less not valuable anymore because everyone oh. just chat gpt is the answer yeah that would save you so much time too <laughs> yeah I, and really? like, it sucks for like an interviewer because like before that was maybe you know a pretty good tool to you know vet someone without needing to spend an hour with all of them and like you know like take home interviews have their own stigmas around them but like a, say it's a take home interview done well that the candidates enjoy or, you know, maybe like really almost need because they, you know, don't like doing in-person interviews, like coding interviews, because those are stressful. Like, that's unfortunate. Then, of course, there's also the fake resume chat GPT side of things. I mean, the fake resumes have always been an issue. It's just one of those things that is now more accessible, easier to do. Right. I mean, this could also just be a bunch of cope and we could just be out of a job in no time at all. And we're completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, there's There's like some document that came out that was like, jobs that are like safe uh versus jobs at risk and basically every prof if you're a professional of a of some sort your job is at risk right like one of the highest ones is like i think like any like legal like lawyer kind of thing because like their job is to literally read and understand laws yeah. and that's what ChatGPT does really well and obviously us as like software engineers developers were at risk and the ones that are like the most least of risk and this was like almost comical because it was so specific it was like dishwasher and I was like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, yeah, tra but like, trades or yeah, any anything that's of, like labor work for sure. Yeah. Or like sales, I feel like, because that's all just a very like human interaction. Right. But like with how good like large language models are, like these chatbots are so good at responding now with uh, like run yeah, by guess, chat GPT. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking of when you're at the in-person side, but yeah, for like cold emailing and like doing like a few responses back and forth, that could be pretty valuable. I hadn't thought about that. It would, it would save you. You would just outreach so much more people. Yeah. Right? Oh God. We're, <laughs> our, our world is changing, man. Maybe it'll make applying for jobs easier or worse. Cause everyone's doing that. Oh yeah. Uh, it's no longer apply for one job a day. It's like apply for a hundred jobs a day. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is this is like really AI associated, but some like a coworker of mine told me that there's like this trend. I don't know if it's a trend or not, but people like working for like seven, eight jobs, but doing nothing. Do you know about this? Yeah. And getting paid until oh, yeah. they get fired. Yeah. But the goal is that you just get hired at a whole bunch of jobs and you basically stay as long until they have to fire you, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, is that AI driven? <laughs> Because, like, for sure, ChatGPT, like, if you try to do it, like, a, a legit way, like, if you had to do some sort of work of work from home data manipulation or whatever, customer service kind of thing, if you had just, if you're just really good at kind of streamlined that with ChatGPT, you can run, like, seven, eight jobs, try to, until, like, you know, you're just starting to, like, get, let go of places, but. Ah, uh, man, I couldn't do that. No, I, maybe that's a little lot more work than I thought. I, I think the idea is literally you you like get hired don't do anything till nope till somebody notices that you're not doing anything and then let you go but you've already acc accumulated like a month worth of pay yeah. and you just like move on to the next one right yeah but we had that happen someone yeah someone worked <laughs> for us yeah like i've seen it happen in, in real life i think like ethically i just couldn't do it yeah yeah same or not but, even uh, ethically just for my own like 
core values. I think I would just, I don't know. I just don't think I could. Yeah. And like, I feel like I would need some kind of like burner name or something. Like, so I don't want my name associated. Yeah. Well, to yeah, exactly. Like, That's your real name. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not gonna, yeah. People talk. Maybe this AI topic is way too broad that we brought up. I'm sure we're gonna have like more specific questions like coming up. But um, is there anything else that you would want to add? Not really. I mean, it's like, I think it's an interesting space. And I, I think it's one that honestly, I should try to dig into a little bit more because I haven't really. And I know some people love it. But I know lots of people who haven't really dug in as well either. And I think it's purely personality based. <laughs> Are you like into AI, like, taking over your job or not are you interested or not are you use copilot or not is just yeah yeah then there's the other side where it's like you know maybe your skills aren't as sharp maybe it doesn't <laughs> matter i don't know you know it's, it's hard to say all right james how can people get their own topic or questions featured on this show they can send us an email at afkdevpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter. We are AFK Dev Podcast there. You can send us a message, tweet at us. We would love to hear more topics, questions, anything related to the world of software development. And with that, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys in the next episode.